0: The Plant-Powered Show Pop-Up Podcast is brought to you by Latitude Apart Hotel and the City of Cape Town. Welcome to the Plant-Powered Show Pop-Up Podcast, the ultimate destination for anyone seeking advice on plant-based products, And hoping to find ways to reduce their environmental footprint While still enjoying a vibrant and fulfilling life And I think that's really important Hey, my name is Sean Lewitz And we're in for a treat today The author of the cookbook Eating for Pleasure, People and Planet Tom Hunt is here Welcome to the Pop-Up Podcast Studio Tom Hey, nice Uh, to be here uh, I've got to admit, I'm very jealous of your name I think it's super cool I wish my surname was Hunt Cool. I, I I really do. I think it sounds rad. I mean, you also work in a food industry, so hunt kind of works. But you're hunting for, for flavors and hunting and foraging in foraging precisely. So as an award-winning chef, writer, and presenter whose approach to food is very much rooted in its connection to to climate change, Tom, I have to ask: Do you
1: feel we're are we moving the needle towards a more sustainable future? I think we are. Yes. Um, it's not clearly not happening fast enough we are still to be honest moving towards a very very dangerous situation as our climate collapses around us but we're seeing a tremendous effort from every level i think from people at home to the industry and even governments are starting to (laughs) improve slowly as i said there's so much to be done Um, But it's, you know, if we're going to help slow down, mitigate climate change and even reverse it and regenerate our planet, we're going to have to come together as individuals, industry and governments to make this change happen. Yeah, 100%. It's, it's so great to hear a UK
0: voice in South Africa and it'd be interesting to see what, what correlations, what differences and what similarities there are between the two, two nations. Before we get there, though, you founded The Forgotten Feast in 2011. Was, can I say a bit of an offshoot from your restaurant or together with the restaurant?
1: What's that all about? In 2011, I was invited by Tristram Stewart, who is the author of Waste, A Global Scandal, to feed 200 people using food that would have otherwise been wasted on Southwark Bridge in central London. Okay. We were inundated with incredible organic produce from the most ripe, delicious tomatoes and peppers to cauliflowers that we'd gleaned from fields. And it was a turning point in my life where I realized that I should be focusing on... Not just the taste of food, but the ethics and the environmental impact of our food. It opened my eyes to the scale of food waste and motivated me to essentially rebrand myself as an eco chef and fight for a better future through cooking. Mm, mm. As you're quite right with regards to food waste. It's
0: actually when we see it. I think it's only when it really shocks us, and we need to see it on a large scale before it starts to shock us. I think we can talk about home usage, and you know, there might be the odd thing that goes a little bit um, uh, and starts to wilt, or it starts to change colour, and we immediately chuck it. But when we chuck it in in smaller quantities like that, we're not realizing that if each household is doing the same, yeah, or if crops are being wasted and they're not being they're not reaching their destination, it's, it's a very scary realization. And
1: depending where you are in the world more or less food is wasted at either production level or in our homes. In the UK most food is actually wasted in the home Um, whereas in other parts of the world often there's issues with the refrigeration or transportation that can lead to more waste but, which is, you know another reason why we need to tackle this from both ends. Yeah. So how then do you think we,
0: we can all become part of that solution, supporting a Delicious, biodiverse, and regenerative food system. You're talking about both ends. How do we get involved here and make it happen?
1: Well, as home cooks and industry chefs, I think we have a responsibility to eat the best food we can for not only our own health, but the health of the people that we're feeding and the environment or world at large. Mm. Of course, it depends on everyone's fi- own financial situation, which is why I add in the caveat the best food you can because it's a real investment in your health and the health of the planet and it's so worthwhile because you're you're building just like so many things. Like it, food is this incredible vehicle to discuss everything from are history and memories of childhood to the climate at large and how food is nature. So it's food is everything from life. Food is life. Yeah, food is life. Yeah, food is life. Food is life. life.
0: Uh, Chef's Manifesto, that's the United Nations Sustainable Development Goal, SDG 2, is their initiative, what is the Chef's Manifesto? I
1: believe you're a signatory on that. Yeah, the Chef's Manifesto was set up by the Sustainable Development Goal 2 Action Hub as a way to connect chefs around the world to the Sustainable Development Goals. Mm. Because the Sustainable Development Goals are rather complex in some ways. As a layperson or someone working in a kitchen, We felt that they should be translated into a manifesto of our own so that we as chefs can contribute to the sustainable development goals, zero hunger um, and all of these other different uh, goals that we need to achieve to really help secure our future as a planet. No, it's good that it
0: exists and it's good that more and more people find out about them and learn to integrate them into their day-to-day lives.
1: Yeah, so we we have events around the world where chefs come together to cook together, have fun, and learn about climate cuisine. Mm. On that note then, as you travel and as you interact with more people, I can't help but say that
0: I'm I'm a busy parent I do enjoy being in the kitchen, but I also want to make it enjoyable and quick and easy and fun and all of those things. Otherwise, you you start to turn towards the convenience foods purely because it's supposedly saving us time. From your experience, what are some of your maybe favorite cooking tips that busy parents can easily implement and slowly integrate into their day-to-day lives?
1: Well, firstly, I think it's important to say that convenience, there's no shame in eating convenience foods. We're busy humans. We're emotional beings. We don't always have the energy to cook a huge nutritional meal. But when we do, it pays back in dividends and also helps connect us to our heritage and nature and the local food community through, especially if we can buy more local seasonal ingredients i i like to say that a sustainable i'm sorry i like to say that a veg bag box online delivery of local seasonal vegetables is the keystone to a sustainable diet and that's where it begins with these local seasonal fruit and vegetables That doesn't mean that we can't eat convenience foods or imported foods. It just means that that should be the foundation of our diets because it's going to help us be healthier and connect to the local community of food producers. What I've found
0: in that context in terms of ordering a food box or a food bag from time to time is that you're being forced to acknowledge which foods are actually in season. And because it often comes with far less packaging, you're interacting with those ingredients a little bit more than you would if you were to walk into a supermarket, grab a bag of something and walk out. There does seem to be a stronger connection with the food that you're eating. And it slowly but surely starts to filter through when I do go back to the store I should choose this and this because I know this and this is in season. Um, Yeah, yeah. it does seem to filter through, doesn't it?
1: I'll always favor local small farmers whenever I can because they tend to grow a broader diversity of ingredients and have a lower impact on the environment. You're also supporting your community, but you can buy seasonal vegetables from your supermarket too. So it's about no matter where you're you're having to shop, it's about... Gravitating towards those seasonal ingredients first and then building your meals around that. Mm-hmm. But earlier, you mentioned that we should, it's, it's, sometimes we need to just cook simply or we don't have much time to cook. And I feel the same way. I'm, uh, I have a busy work day and I'm a father. I actually do all the cooking at home. And um, you're not there now. <laughs> Well, we're all here visiting family. Okay. Yeah, my my wife's South African, so we've been visiting family. And um, I I basically tend to cook very, very simply. And what I think is that really good local seasonal produce or fruit and vegetables doesn't actually need much doing to it to become delicious. Simply sautéing some... Vegetables in a pan with some olive oil and spices will taste delicious, and I that's why I try and encourage cooking with love, confidence, and creativity. I like that. You're doing a food demo at the Plant Powered Show, and I'm sure you're
0: going to incorporate exactly what you've just said. What will you be cooking?
1: Well, I've designed a demo that demonstrates my root fruit eating philosophy Mm -hmm. so. There's three steps that make root to fruit eating possible. So if you want to cook climate friendly cuisine with zero cost, there's a few steps you need to take. You need to reduce your waste. You need to eat more plants because that's going to save money. And then if you can or when you can, you can invest that money in better produce, which is going to really, which is the game changer. It's going to help start mending the planet, regenerating Uh, ecosystems and so I'm going to make some apple scrap cider vinegar to demonstrate reducing waste and how you can create a really high value product from an otherwise wasted food and then I'm going to make a multi-seed plant milk which is about eating more plants but also leading into that conversation about biodiversity because often plant milks you buy in the supermarket or shops are just one ingredient whereas we need to diversify our ingredients if we're going to support agrodiversity and biodiversity at large Mm -hmm. and then I'm going to finish with a, a vegan chocolate truffle which is just made with some amazing bean to bar chocolate made locally called Afrikoa they get their beans from Tanzania and I'm going to make that so that we can talk about investing in better food when we can and how that can become cost neutral but also to discuss in more depth how the biodiversity and origin of our ingredients affects the flavor I I must say I love Afrikoa's story so I'm thrilled to hear that you're using
0: uh, their chocolate and I'd read somewhere that you're doing a chocolate meditation
1: what is that? Well, I believe that we're in the situation we're in now because we've lost touch with the origin of our food and ultimately nature, which is driving the global destruction of our planet. And But equally, I think that we can mend that connection by simply acknowledging where our food comes from, acknowledging it's from it is nature essentially is nature ingested and we can do that through just take eating our food a little bit more consciously and what better way to do that than chocolate because like wine it's rich and delicious and exotic and satisfying to eat and so it's a great way to talk about how the terroir and biodiversity of an ingredient's origin affect its flavor. But the truth is, a turnip or a carrot, as I was saying, will also change depending on where it's grown. Its flavor will change depending on whether it's grown in one field to the next, let alone from one area of the world to another. I I love that. My wife will love being able to meditate when she eats chocolate. She's going to love that idea as well. Yeah. So just to to wrap up, basically, I'm going to ask people to close their eyes and imagine the origin from where that chocolate was grown and then taste it mindfully and just sit with the flavor and acknowledge the fact that it's come from its terroir i love that um and i'm very intrigued by your
0: apple scrap side here as well i think that's going to be delicious to taste and i'm intrigued by how you got there i'm sure we can find plenty more of these ideas and recipes and thoughts in your book of course yes yeah yes yeah yes
1: yes yes so the route fruit eating is actually a 12 point manifesto i've condensed it into these kind of three simple points which are really the actions that can help you achieve it but the book talks much more about the importance of biodiversity uh and fair trade and eating for pleasure fantastic
0: tom hunt Thank you so much for your time. Uh, it's such a treat to have you in our pop-up studio. Uh, and your energy and, and the message that you're spreading, I think, is is very important. And that's why, of course, we'll include the links to finding Eating for Pleasure, People, and the Planet in the show notes as well. The Plant-Powered Show brings together top local and international chefs, celebrity cooks, mixologists, health and wellness experts, as well as plant-based food, drink, and conscious living products and brands. Subscribe to the Plant-Powered Show pop-up podcast, and you can join me each week as we delve a little bit deeper into the world of plant-based living on each episode follow us on instagram or facebook at the plant powered show for the latest updates mouth-watering recipes and engaging content the plant powered show pop-up podcast is brought to you by latitude
1: apart hotel and the city of cape town